My Seven Chakras, episode 65. Real fearlessness is the product of tenderness. It comes from letting the world tickle your heart, your raw and beautiful heart. You are willing to open up without resistance or shyness and face the world. You are willing to share your heart with others. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AJ here, once again, to serve you the best of the best information that will help you achieve massive success both inside and outside. You are in for a musical treat today. But before that, let me give you one tip. One tip that has helped me get closer to my dreams. You know, I feel that you and I are kindred spirits. And I am honored that you are taking the time to listen to this episode today Right now, it just shows how dedicated you are. You and I are very similar. And even though we haven't met yet and I haven't seen you, I feel we are on the same journey. And along this journey, we have many goals and milestones to achieve, right? Now, a while back, I was mainly focused on the how of achieving a goal, figuring out how to do this, what it would take, what challenges would I face, etc., etc. And that was my main focus. It's important, but that was my main focus. Focus until I came across a video by I think Les Brown who said dream big the how is none of your business now I know you might say AJ without knowing how how will I reach my goal how will I achieve my dreams you see action takers universe is wonderful and very funnily it will give you whatever you think about and dream about most of the time whether you're thinking about something positive or negative and writing your goal down on a piece of paper and reading it aloud every single moment that's the key you know you attract things towards you wherever it is in the universe but writing it down on a piece of paper and reading it aloud every single moment every single morning in particular that makes the intention stronger and attracts things towards you so whenever i need something from the universe i write it down in present tense even though I want something in the future and I haven't received it yet. So for example, you could write, it's November 2016, I'm feeling fit and fine and I weigh 99 pounds. Any goal that you want, just write it down and wait for it to manifest. Try it out for yourself today. Have you already seen a lot of success using this method in the past? Let's have a conversation on our official Facebook group. That's my7chakras.com slash tribe that's my s-e-v-e-n-c-h-a-k-r-a-s dot com slash t-r-i-b-e hit join and let's talk more about how we can make this world a better place to live in and today i am electrified to bring you our featured guest faith haverson ramos so faith are you ready to inspire yes Yes. <laughs> awesome. So Faith Haverson Ramos is a licensed professional counselor and board certified music therapist in Colorado who uses music to help people experience optimal wellness and personal transformation. She presents globally on music as a tool for wellness, 
So Faith, I've given our listeners a small intro, but fill in the blanks and help us get to know you a little better. Wonderful. Well, thank you, AJ. As you said, I'm a music therapist and a counselor practicing in Colorado. And in my work, I work with people of all ages, ranging from early childhood to teenagers to adults to older adults and as well as with those uh, who are at end of life and are about to transition into whatever comes next from this plane. My journey into becoming a music therapist has been non-linear, so I think your listeners will will hopefully be able to gain some inspiration from the approach that I've taken in in finding what my calling is in life and what it is that, that I'm passionate about and what gifts I have to give, recognizing that it's not just from point A to point B. Sometimes the world, sometimes the universe, spirit, however you want to define it, can lead you in other directions that you may not be consciously thinking that you're wanting to go into, but once you're there, you can recognize the opportunities and the possibilities that are greater than you could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that super intro. And finding your life's true calling or your destiny is one of our favorite topics here at My Seven Chakras. But Action takers, you are definitely in for a treat today, a musical treat that will show you how to heal your mind, your body and your spirit. But before that, as is our tradition, Faith, you get to light the torch for the meeting with some words of inspiration. So Faith, I'm curious, what is your favorite inspirational quote and could you share one example of how you apply this quote to your life? Yes. Well, this is a quote from Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, who founded Naropa University, which is where uh, in Boulder, Boulder, Colorado, which is where I went to receive my master's. Mm -hmm. So the quote, one of his quotes that just resonates deeply with me is from his book called Shambhala. And it's this. Real fearlessness is the product of tenderness. It comes from letting the world tickle your heart, your raw and beautiful heart. You are willing to open up without resistance or shyness and face the world. You are willing to share your heart with others. And the way that I use these words in my personal life, in my professional life, is in that being willing to share my gifts, to to be able to, to step into that who I am without being afraid of what other people may think or getting into these polarities of judgment. This is good. This is bad. I should. I shouldn't. But just knowing my heart, feeling love and compassion for myself for other people, recognizing the basic goodness that exists within us all so that I can go out and freely, freely give the gifts that I've been, I've been blessed with. And we all have gifts that we're, that we're blessed 
with. We all have things that are unique to us and that the world is needing for us to share with others and to help heal the world, to help heal each other, to help establish healing, loving relationships with one another, with our planet, within our social structures, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned real fearlessness is the product of tenderness. And what came to my mind was the word and the term called vulnerability. And I think that's a very powerful word because at the end of the day, we're all heading towards a goal, towards an objective, towards a particular direction, towards maybe perfection. But at the end of the day, we are human beings, not human doings. And when we share our story, our pain, or our challenges, the problems that we faced in the past, expressing to the people around us that we are not perfect, but we are striving really hard to get there. People like you, they trust you, they find that common ground because you've taken that step towards expressing your tenderness. And that's when you build those strong bonds that we all are here to build to create a better future. So thanks a lot for reminding us, Faith. You're welcome, AJ. So my question is, what inspired you to develop the sound well music therapy? Well, where to begin? Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> the name just came to me during my last year of my graduate studies. And my journey to becoming a music therapist began during my undergraduate studies as a vocalist, as a classically trained singer, and I was really struck by the process involved with getting learning music and getting on stage and being able to allow the music to come through me, to be expressed through me in the moment without anything to hide behind. As a singer, you are the instrument. There's no hiding behind a guitar, no hiding behind a piano. And, and I found that whole process to be really transformative for me. And I realized I'm not interested in traditional performing, per se, in the, in the way that I was being sort of groomed and trained to be. But rather, I wanted, I realized that what I really wanted to do was to help other people become embodied in their in themselves and to become fearless enough vulnerable enough to express empowered enough to express themselves through their voices and so through that whole experience i received a brochure from my voice teacher at the time telling me about the music therapy the masters uh, music therapy program at naropa in Boulder, and I took a couple of years off after I graduated with my bachelor's, um, traveled, traveled and worked abroad for a while, taught English in South Korea, and life circumstances sometimes have a way of redirecting you onto the path that you need to go on, and I experienced some health issues while I was there after about a year of teaching that made me decide to apply for this uh, transpersonal counseling psychology program. And so I did. I was accepted. I moved back to the United States, moved out to Colorado, started my 
three-year training as a therapist and as a music therapist and realized, again, that what I'm really interested and passionate about doing as a music therapist is helping people experience optimal wellness and well-being. And that can take so many different forms. You know, there's the, the physical dimensions of health, feeling physically well, but then our emotional state plays a role in how we experience our state of well-being, as do our thoughts. And I also believe that our sense of connection to something greater than ourselves also contributes to our state of wellness and well-being. And music can be such a powerful way of, of connecting all of those levels and all of those dimensions. Because on a physical level, we're affected by music. On a mental level, we can be affected by music. On an emotional level, we can be affected by music. On a spiritual level, we can be connected to music. And so with those realizations and understandings, the name Soundwell Music Therapy just came to mind. And and it, it feels like a, a good fit for me. Wonderful. It's evolving and changing as I get older, but at its very core, it is who I am. So you mentioned that you loved the feeling of being in the moment. You were, in a way, addicted to that experience due to that transformation that you experienced. And you didn't just want to help you, but you wanted to help others that were around you. That's what you really wanted to do. And you wanted them to experience how it is to you know, put your vulnerability out there, put your authentic self out there, and in the process, help them find their voice. Now, let's take a step back here. What exactly is music therapy? And what are certain benefits of healing through music compared to the other methods that are out there? Well, that's a very good question. Music therapy is actually a fairly broad field. A general definition of what music therapy is, is that it is the use of music in a therapeutic fashion by a music therapist in order to address a variety of goals. That can be physical, rehabilitation, cognitive, social, emotional, every aspect of human functioning, music therapists can use music to address these goals. And just to illustrate a little more clearly what music therapy can look like, mm -hmm. there are music therapists who work in hospital settings, working in NICUs, helping preemies begin to thrive and connect with their parents, with their mothers. There are music therapists who work with individuals who are on the autism spectrum, helping them to develop ways of communicating, expressing themselves, being able to socially engage in with another with other people. There are music therapists who work with um, older adults, pe those who have dementia. There are music therapists who help who work in rehabilitation settings. For example, Representative Gabby Giffords, who 
from Arizona who had been shot in the head uh, a few years ago. Part of her, her rehabilitation process was using music therapy to be able to regain the ability to speak. And then there are music therapists who work in hospice and everywhere in between. So that said, the way that I work as a music therapist is pretty solidly based within the context of, of psychotherapy. It's, a, it's about the relationship that I can develop with another person, listening to their life experiences and, help, and using music as a way to help them find or recognize the answers to their questions. Using music as a way to help them become clearer about what it is that they're feeling, they're experiencing, they're desiring in life, making sense out of what is happening to them right now. So that's how I work as a music therapist. And I've remembered the second part of your question. The way, the reason why music can be so powerful is kind of is multifold. On a neurological level, on a brain level, we now know that engaging in music, making music affects the entire brain. It's a whole brain activity. So part of the reason why music therapy can be helpful in a rehab setting, for example, or even with someone who has some sort of um, neurological impairment like Alzheimer's, is because even though there are parts of the brain that may be negatively affected, because music affects the entire brain, it can kind of serve as a little workaround. So say, for example, someone who's having difficulty speaking, the part of their brain that affects spoken word may be impaired, but the part of the brain that allows for people to sing may still be fully functioning. And so as a music therapist, we can work with people through song to help them be able to then speak. Speaking through song to then eventually transfer over to speaking. So that's one way that music can be help music therapy can be helpful for people if they're dealing with those types of issues. From my perspective as a psychotherapist, I find music to be a powerful way of working with people because when someone is making music, they are able to get deeper within themselves. So rather than getting stuck in our judging minds, thinking about what's right, what's wrong, thinking about the story, so to speak, our story, engaging with the music helps take them to a deeper heart level where they might be able to tap into the real feelings of what it is that they're experiencing. Or sometimes they may be able to gain some sort of insight that wouldn't otherwise be accessible to them if they were stuck in just the thinking, I need to figure it out mode. So that's what I find to be especially, that's what I, why I find music to be especially powerful because it can bypass, it can bypass our, our mental defenses 
and get right to the heart of the matter. And that's especially important if I, if uh, I'm working with someone who has experienced some traumatic experience, especially at a young age where they may not have the words to express what it is that they're feeling or what they went through, but the music can serve as that means for expression. Mm -hmm. So that's so true. Our brains are wired in such a way that we connect much better to a story as opposed to just something that's more abstract and more logical. And if you really think about, uh, look at all the TED speeches that people are giving, public presentations and keynotes. The audience is most engaged when a person or a speaker starts with a story. And when the story is really interesting, very exciting, very intriguing, that's when the audience is hooked on and the rest as they say, is history. The speech is so powerful. And I think that's one of the principles that you are using as well in your therapy. Now, on your website, you mentioned that by helping others in engaging in creative musical expression, you find that people are able to tap into aspects of themselves that they did not know existed. That sounds really interesting. What type of aspects are we talking about? Uh, is there an example that you can share with us? Yes. Well, for example, I had worked with a client who was battling things in her in her head, not sure what was real, what wasn't, and sort of driving herself a little crazy with all of these thoughts about what she should be doing, what she shouldn't be doing, and by working with her through voice work, where I would just sit at the piano and I would just play a few simple chords just to create a musical space to allow her to just come into the present moment, start to get grounded in her body. She would be able to spontaneously start singing. And in her singing, she was clearly connecting to her higher self, that part of herself that knows where she needs to be going or where she's going, that knows that she is healthy and perfect just as she is. So that's one example of some of the aspects that, un hidden aspects that can come up through the music. A person may feel like, I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to be going with my life. But once they're able to enter into that creative musical space and come back to themselves, come back to that present moment, they start to recognize that they really do know. They really do know what's best for them and where they need to be going. And then from there, then we can figure out, we can strategize, we can make a plan. Okay, so this is where you want to go. All right. What do we need to do for you to be able to go there? What steps can you take and making it manageable so that it doesn't feel overwhelming? Mm -hmm. So I love that story. You said that one of your patients was suffering from constant mental chatter and thoughts that were not really serving her. What you did was help her get into that space by playing some nice uh, musical notes, some chords, and that helped her get grounded, get relaxed. And by singing as if she was in a trance, she was able to access her higher self. Now, 
According to stress.org, stress is a basic cause of 60% of all human illnesses and diseases and stress increases the risk of heart disease by 40%. Can music therapy help alleviate stress as well? Yes. Yes, there have been studies done that show that that shows that music therapy can help reduce cortisol as well as increasing dopamine, one of the feel-good neurotransmitters. And other studies that have been done that look at IgA levels in saliva show, have shown that with music therapy that immune system functioning has has improved or can improve. So, and, and I mean, just thinking about how people tend to use music naturally, you know, thinking back maybe for yourself, if you're feeling stressed or frustrated about something, we sometimes put on music as a way to either channel that energy, putting our stress and whatever it is that we're feeling out into the music so that it is no longer contained within us and it's outside of ourselves, or choosing music that matches what we're feeling as a, as a way of validating, like, okay, I'm feeling stressed right now, or maybe stressed isn't the best example in this case, more like if someone's sad and they're feeling sad, choosing a sad, choosing music that could be understood as being sad can help validate a person's experience and let them know that they're not alone and that this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. So decreased cortisol, increased dopamine, and an enhanced immune system. That's wonderful. And of course, as you mentioned, by selecting carefully the right music, we can help validate what the person is feeling and help them really move on from where they are right now to a better state as well. Now, there's a ton of research that shows that mindfulness and meditation is really beneficial for our health. And Harvard cardiologist Dr. Benson found various forms of meditation created a relaxation response that helped calm the nervous system and reduce stress. Can music therapy help us become more mindful? Well, I like to think so. And I have presented quite a lot on music as a mindfulness practice. There haven't been a lot of studies done that I'm aware of specifically on mindfulness and music, although that is an area in which I am interested in researching further. And I think that that's part of my uh, long-term vision. But my thinking on it is that approaching music with all of the benefits that it has from a place of mindfulness can only, my, th- my thinking is that it can only enhance the benefits of, of both of those. The mindfulness can enhance the benefits of the music and the music can enhance the benefits of mindfulness. For some people, you know, part of the reason, part of what inspired me to focus part of my work on music and mindfulness is because as part of my training at Naropa, for those of your listeners who may not be familiar, it was founded by a Buddhist Rinpoche and it very much incorporates contemplative practice and mindfulness as part of the coursework. And so as part of my training, I 
had to develop a mindfulness practice and I needed to engage in a mindfulness practice. And the training was in sitting meditation and walking meditation. But part of what inspired me to bring those at that aspect into my own work is that some people, for whatever reason, don't resonate with meditation in the traditional sense of sitting or walking, whatever, for whatever reason, either they just have a difficult time sitting or maybe their belief systems find meditation to be not okay. My desire was to bring music to these people from a place of mindfulness so that they could also experience the benefit of coming back to the present moment, being aware of what is going on within themselves, within the music, within the relationship that exists between the two of us from a place of of non-judgment and acceptance. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Meditation, a powerful tool that it is, and mindfulness, it's not for everyone, at least at this point, because people try, but they feel challenged. They have some problems with meditating. They might have a lot of internal mental chatter or they might not be able to focus they might get distracted really easily and you know it takes some time it takes some practice and as you mentioned so rightly music is one thing that really helps you get into that space of meditation i'm not sure about you whether you've heard of what is called binaural beats faith but for me binaural beats really helped me early on get into that space of meditation because of the way that the audio is engineered it helps you relax it helps you calm down and it helps you really meditate just like a monk. And our action takers know that if they want to try out how it feels like listening to binaural beats, all they need to do is go to my7chakras.com slash audio. That's my s-e-v-e-n-c-h-a-k-r-a-s.com slash audio. Download the audio. You just need a pair of headphones and about 10 minutes of your time. And as soon as you listen to it, it, it feels something that sounds like audio chocolate. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of audio chocolate, but it seems so soothing. It seems like your ears can just melt and it feels wonderful. So in case you've not you know, heard, the, heard about that, try out binaural beats. Oh, I, I have. Oh, wonderful. Yes. And I enjoy it. I find it to be relaxing. And I just also want to just mention, too, that depending on a person, how a person processes information through their ears or whatever their own personal conditions are, they may not find that to be helpful. I think it's important to just remind people that music is not a one-size-fits-all sort of approach. It can't necessarily be prescriptive. Some people connect with that, connect with the relaxation music or the in the traditional sense of relaxation music or the binaural beats and, and find that to be relaxing, whereas other people may find that to be agitating because it's, maybe it's just too slow or spacey for them. I have a music therapist colleague who shared a story once about a teenage boy that she worked with in the hospital, and he was 
about to get a procedure done and he was really anxious and really agitated and the hospital staff thought that if they put on classical music he would relax because a lot of people associate classical music with relaxation well that just made his agitation and anxiety worse until finally she was able to come in as the music therapist and talk with his parents find out well what kind of music does he like what kind of music does he find relaxing and turned out he was into heavy metal and so she played some heavy metal for him some recordings of heavy metal music and the agitation went away he relaxed a little counterintuitive but i feel it's important to just put that out there that we all respond to music differently through depending on how we process information as well as what sort of personal connections we might have to a particular style of music or a particular song. Now, Faith, they say that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The thing is that focusing on a huge goal or the end result might seem a bit overwhelming. So to gain momentum and to get started, what is that one health tip that you can share with our listeners that they can try out immediately? Hmm where to begin so many steps <laughs> <laughs> i would say specific to music and embracing their authentic selves one step i would recommend is doing is singing singing in the shower singing in the car you can tone on a single vowel you can make gibberish sounds just do something to connect with your voice and with your breath from a place of non-judgment mm-hmm. like for example this this morning i was yeah. getting ready for the day and i heard a little melody come in my come into my head and the <laughs> words just the words just popped up for me and I started singing in the shower, singing a little simple gratitude song to my body, thanking my body for being here, saying it was nice to see it. It's nice to be it. It's nice. It's nice to be my body. And I felt so good afterwards. And it was a simple song. No one could hear me because the shower was running, but it did, <laughs> it did so much to just help, help me get started with the day and have a positive outlook on the day. So listeners, wherever you are right now, you know that song, your favorite song, and irrespective of how well you sing, whether you're going to be on American Idol the next month, start singing wherever you are, and especially in the bathroom, uh, and you will feel much better and you'll be in a better space. Now, former Vice President of the United States, Dan Quayle, once shared that the question in life is not whether you get knocked down. You will. The question is, are you ready to get back up and fight for what you believe in? As you might have guessed, Faith, this round is all about learning from challenges, learning from barriers and learning from failures by listening to stories shared by our featured guest. So, Faith, Take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you approach the situation? And then how did you overcome it? 
Wow, how personal do I want to get? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go back to to the time that I alluded to earlier in the show about when I was teaching in South Korea. And at this time, I had graduated. I had my bachelor's. I was singing. I was teaching. I was singing with the choir in Korea. And I got some sort of weird respiratory illness that affected the upper range of my voice. And I couldn't sing anymore. And I temporarily lost hearing in one of my ears. And the doctors couldn't really explain to me what was going on, um, partly because of the language barrier, but I think it was just really mysterious. But all of those things happening caused, threw me in a bit of an existential tailspin because I had I had identified myself as a singer. And if I couldn't sing, then who was I? And what was it that I was meant to be doing? Because I was feeling I was feeling like I needed to make some changes in my life outside of getting ill. I had been feeling like there's got to be more than what I'm doing right now. And so with that said, and drawing on my background and experiences with Eastern spiritual traditions, I was able to recognize that I was getting, that I was scared about what was going to happen and what it was that I needed to be doing, but also recognizing, okay, I can fight this or I can go with the flow and see where this where this leads me. And through introspection and reflection, I realized that what was happening was I needed to figure out some other way to be working with music. I missed music and I didn't want to just be performing as part of a choir. I wanted to be doing something else with music. And so my illness at that time was exactly what I needed to inspire me to apply to my graduate, the graduate program that I applied to. And it, it inspired me and motivated me to take those steps to get back onto the path that I needed to be on. And it was, it was, it took a couple of years well into my, into my graduate training before I was able to fully or more fully regain my singing voice. But as a result of my training at Naropa and of my experiences singing, my singing took on levels of dimension that I had never experienced before. I felt as a result of that illness, as a result of that time in my life and the process that I needed to go through in order to heal my voice regain my voice, I was able to, or I have been able to become more of a, more of a channel for the music to come out of. It's been amazing. So to get a better understanding, in one sentence, perhaps, what is that one life lesson that we could take away from your story? The one life lesson that could be taken away from my life story is that all obstacles present 
opportunities for greater growth and transformation. So faith that is truly an inspiring story. Thank you for taking the leap of faith and sharing your personal story with our listeners around the globe and action takers wherever in the world you are right now and no matter what you're doing whether you're in the car in the bus you're at home at the office or by the beach realize that progress comes from telling yourself the truth feeling the uncertainty but taking action anyway and with that we've crossed the challenge and worked our way towards what is known as the true calling round for this round Faith imagine that you are among fellow tribe members in front of a large bonfire sharing the story of your life for us to learn from so before we begin to listen to your story i'd like to quickly share a powerful thought by pablo picasso who stated the meaning of life is to find your gift the meaning of life is to find your gift the purpose of life is to give it away so faith have you found your life's calling and if yes what exactly is your life's calling I am finding my life's calling. I feel like right now I am I have found my life's calling and I also recognize that it can grow and evolve as I get older and as I do more with my calling. So what I mean by that is that in essence I believe that my life's calling is to help people experience a greater sense of who they really are through music and creative expression and by becoming more aware of who they are and how they show up in relationship to other people so that's the essence of what i feel like my life's calling is but what that looks like in practice i feel is continuously evolving Right now, it looks, it takes the form of the family music classes that I teach, the music lessons that I offer, the counseling services that I provide, the, the music groups that I facilitate, the music that I provide for spiritual services and ritual, and at the same time, I feel as though there is more for me to do that takes the form of researching some of these aspects of music and wellness and spirituality and and being able to look more closely at what the relationship is between those aspects but I'm not doing that quite yet that's not part of that's not part of this present moment but it's something that is in the back of my mind and i see coming into fruition within the next few years and i'm taking active steps to make that happen or shall i say allow that to happen you know some it's interesting cuz sometimes it's like well how much do we make happen make in air quotes and how much do we allow to happen and allowing what is supposed to happen happen Mhm that's wonderful so in retrospect when you think about the years that have gone by was there a particular eureka moment that signaled to you your life's calling no not a single moment but i've always been i've always been musical some of my earliest childhood memories are of playing around on my grandparents player piano and and pump organ and 
singing singing along to recordings of Motown singers. And I, I guess, yeah, just that my relationship to music and my creating it at such a young age and not giving up on it ever mm-hmm. sort of made, made this life path make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if, you, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for taking us back to your nostalgic moments. And with that, we come to the wisdom round. It's short and sweet. This round has just four but powerful questions for our action takers to take notes and take action. So are you ready? I hope so. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. What is the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice I've ever received is it's all grist for the mill. Mm -hmm. So everything that happens in our lives is an opportunity for learning. So name one personal habit that contributes to your well-being. Hmm. Drinking lots of water. What is your morning ritual like? It depends on the day because my days start off at different times. But one constant in my morning ritual is starting the day with a nice cup of hot water, lemon juice, honey, and ginger. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I float into what needs to be done, whether that is making some music and, and preparing the music that I'm going to use for the day, or if it involves sitting down and and writing my thoughts, writing, responding to emails, whatever, but starting the day off with a nice cup of hot tea, and then approaching the tasks for the day from a place of of mindfulness. Now, I know that you love reading books, but if you had to choose one, just one book, what would that be? The Art of Happiness, A Handbook for Living by the Dalai Lama. So action takers, just in case you couldn't take note, I got you back for the show notes and the links. Go to my7chakras.com slash faith. That's my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com slash f-a-i-t-h. So faith, I really wish we could speak for another three hours, but I know that you have many other things to do today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're super grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you online. Well, one thing that I am super grateful for are the amazing opportunities that keep presenting themselves in my life and the beautiful people associated with those opportunities. And where people can find me, you can find me at www.faithhalversonramos, F as in Frank, A-I-T as in Tom, H-H-A-L, V as in Victor, E-R-S as in Sam, O-N as in Nancy, R-A-M as in Mary, O-S as in Sam, dot com. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. 
listeners and action takers the things that we discussed today were very unique we haven't really had the opportunity to talk to somebody about how music can heal yourself and i know that you love music you love singing and in case you want to learn more about how you can use music to enhance the quality of your life and really speed towards your purpose go to faithhavisonramos.com that's f a i t h h a l v e r s o n r a m o s dot com and in case you you know maybe don't know the spelling you can always go to the show notes and we'll put the link right there so you can click on it and go directly to her website so faith thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about music therapy stress release and mindfulness and enabling us to take a giant leap towards our human revolution excellent thank you thank you it's been a pleasure and an honor you are listening to my seven chakras go to my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.